of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The Morning Hookup. On ESPN Lincoln. What's going on? Welcome into the morning hookup. Good morning. Happy Monday. My name is Will Wilson, Bill Hooks. He is out today. He's got some stuff going on with, uh, you know, his Slim Chickens, his other business. So he'll be missing the show today, but that doesn't matter because we have, well, it does matter because we love Hooksy, but it's always good to bring in our old friend, Few Malone, this morning. Few, what's up, man? Good morning. We didn't start, you know, I think the I think the listeners, they start to know that I kind of get choosy with that music to kind of a theme of what we're going to talk about. Yeah, you know, we didn't start the fire, and I think that's going to kind of lead into what how we lead off this this Monday morning. Of course, he's talking about Nebraska basketball. Your Nebraska ball team, man, they didn't start the fire, that's for sure. On, on Saturday, I tell you, you know, and I it's it, it goes with every sport. I think you know, being that Nebraska fan, that I think I think Nebraska fans have become so callous. Uh, to some of the results just over the years that they get tired of hearing it. I get it. Totally get it. Wow. And I think both Henry T and I, you know, you know, we kinda we kinda ate some crow last year just because of <laughs> the star power on that team. But we but we both told you guys. We we told everybody, said, Hey, you know, just hold some reservations here. I know we got picked last, but I said, you know, it's it's totally different this year. I said you you don't have the star power that you have with with Bryce McGowan's and you know maybe a Verge something like that, um, but you've got some athleticism on this team and these guys play together. Yeah, and I think over the past week, uh, regardless of of that, you know, I I mean it would have been great for us to be sitting here talking about two wins over top ten programs. Wouldn't that but, be awesome? But how they played this week, if you had a chance to watch, um, I now hopefully people are understanding this is a team to get behind which you should have been anyway, start packing that place. I like what you said there because let's remember what Hoiberg said at the beginning of the year. You know, He said that this was a team that I think people are going to be able to get behind, mm-hmm. that they can root for right. because they're not going to give up. Yeah, but you're, you saw that on Saturday. Right. You're so right. Well, and you'll have some people that like to nitpick of, well, yeah, you had five, six shots of that hoop and they didn't go in. Great. I mean, if you've ever played this game, that happens. But also... You know, if you're from Nebraska, well, kind of what you alluded to—that that just that grind and the grit of we're gonna we're gonna work the other team to death, and with and that's the kind of culture that I you know that the football team was brought up on you know in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And you know, yeah, not every shot is is dropping right now for that team, but man, they they they're not backing down from anybody, and and they they go for 40 minutes yeah. with everything they've got. Nebraska taking Purdue to uh, overtime, losing by three on Saturday. We're going to get more into that game here in one minute. 
Uh, that's going on right now. 920, we'll have Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald on the show. We'll talk Nebraska football. There's a lot of recruiting news uh, to talk about with him. We'll see what he thought of the basketball game. Uh, 940, we will talk about those recruits and some other news going on with uh, Husker football and see if there's any new hires out there. Uh, 10 o'clock, what's trending at 10, 1020, let's run down the NFL. Kind of an interesting NFL NFL week. Definitely was. I had to wear my Vikings colors today, but uh, I'm a little little sad about what happened yesterday. And then 1040, well, it's kind of an open segment. We'll just kind of talk about random stuff. Bud Crawford fought over the weekend. Maybe we can get into that. 402-466-3776. Call in if you want to get your voice heard. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's 402-466-3776. You can follow me on Twitter at Willie on the radio. You can follow Thew on Twitter at Husker underscore Army. And, of course, like and join the group on Facebook, Husker Army. I've been joining the group for about two years now, and I'm really happy I did because there's some really good conversations going on there Thew, and you guys do a great job. So make sure you like and join that page whenever you get the chance on Facebook. Uh, and then also, Theo, before we get back into this Nebraska ball talk, i got to remind everybody, we're officially six days away until the morning hookup happy hour. It was an event oh, no. announced last week. It's going down this Saturday, 6 o'clock at Tavern on the Square. I know where that is. You know where that's at. Of course, yeah, I've seen well, My you son there. knows where that's at. Yeah, your I mean, son he, knows. He, he, doesn't he doesn't drink. I mean, he has, he has a Sprite. He has a Sprite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, dude, that's where it's going okay. down. This Saturday, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, the morning hookup happy hour. We just want you to come out, have fun with us, talk with us, have a few drinks with us. And I think we're going to be giving away some prizes as well, like maybe journey tickets. Okay. Oh, yeah, oh, I, I, oh. you should see Theo Malone's face right now. He's about to explode. So that's yeah, what's going I, I'm on. I'm excited. And that's no, Saturday no, night. This this upcoming Saturday. This coming Saturday night. From when to when? Six to eight. Well, six, six to eight. Six to really whatever. I mean, <laughs> six till you guys yeah. decide you're done. Six to, six to whenever somebody <laughs> yeah, wants to ever, leave. So, right. Uh, we we would love to see you there. Bring your friends, family, your coworkers. It's, it, we think it's going to be a really good time, and we want to see you there. So we'll talk about more about that as the week goes on. Uh, Theo, let's get back to it. Nebraska basketball loses in overtime to the number four team in the nation, Purdue. They bring them to overtime. It was honestly a miracle how we even got to overtime, considering I think we were down by 14. Down by 14, and you had, uh, I don't think you had led the entire game until maybe like a a 58 to 57, a basket that put you up by one. It was Derek Walker's layup. Right, like with maybe under two minutes or under one minute, that was the only spot. But just the resiliency to come back from that 14-point deficit. And, and I, I get we, we talk so much about, about the moral victories. And, that, and that I know it doesn't go any, anywhere for the team necessarily, for the selection community. But what about, let me talk, to, what about a moral victory for the fans? I mean, you know, that place was packed. But for those folks that were listening on the radio or maybe watching on TV, uh, I think that that, you know, if they weren't already on board, I think that that helps them get there. I really do, and I know that the players uh, they can they had to sidestep it, and so did Fred Hoiberg. But let's talk about that hose job there at the end of the game, shall we? I let's think we do. Should. I mean, you can go into we we talk about sports nonstop on here, and it always seems like the losing team is going to find a pass interference call or a holding call or whatever it is, and we got jobbed, and that's that's how this works. I get it, but I had never. <laughs> I had ne- I had never seen anything that bizarre called where a, a guy loses control of the ball 
And then the, the, the ref who isn't supposed to make that call calls a foul. Yeah. Yep. Now, let's be, let's be real here, okay? In, in the perfect world, refs are going to call this game. They're going to call it fairly for both sides. Uh, that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, I think we both know that sometimes that doesn't always happen. Now, for me, I could see this happening more so in like football where if you had a Big Ten team that was in the top four and you're trying to protect them so they make the college football playoffs, I'm not saying that it's right, but I could see it happening. But you're talking about the opening weekend of league play. You really you really think that's the thing where the Big Ten is having influence on these refs? I would hope not. I really would hope not because... That's, that's I mean, a little far out for me. You're right, you're right. You would hope not. But, I mean, let's be honest... I mean, there are people out there that fully that think that the whole Kevin Warren conspiracy thing is still going strong, right? Well, let's be real. There's you, something strange about that. You man. would. You would. I mean, you're right. But you would hope that, like in basketball, you want to have a, a league where they're all good and your 14th pick team can, can reach up and beat the number four team in the country to make that whole conference stronger, yeah. not just to protect the elite. Um you're not going to change it. I my hat's off to. I mean, you could see. I mean, you uh, you saw the highlight clip of of Wiltshire and probably read the lips of Fred Hoiberg after they watched that on the big screen. Hats off to them for avoiding that subject in the post conference. Fine, leave it leave it up to us on Monday morning. <laughs> they got hosed. They got hosed. Now, not saying that they would have come down, but hey, let's. How about we let the ten guys on the court decide the game? Yeah, all right, let's right. do that. Well, I mean, the eight on five thing. Not a big fan of it. And if and if you look at the whole game too, they were calling it pretty pretty tight. You know they weren't they weren't letting you do much. And I, that's probably what they decided before the game, right? I mean they knew these two teams were going to be physical, and yeah, they probably said you know let's not have much room here. Let's call it what it is. So they were calling it tight the whole game. And I mean there were some other calls, right? I mean Sam's block. Yeah. I mean that that wasn't a foul. Uh, there and there was just a few other plays too. Purdue too. I mean, if let's be let's go both sides here. I mean, they probably got hosed on a few calls too. This, these refs did not have a, a a good day. But you know, going back to that foul you're talking about in overtime, where we get that ball, we have a shot to make a a basket and win this thing. And aside from the ref who called the foul was on the other side of the court, that's not even his call. Anyways, we have uh, John Adams. He's the former NCAA men's basketball officiating, officiating coordinator. Okay. Yeah, there was a few tweets on social media about this call, weren't there? There, there was. Uh, but I was interested to see what this guy had to say because you know he's he, he was the the old head of officiating. Okay. He said, in talking about that wheelchair foul, he said, "Wow, from this angle, that's not a foul. One of the basic officiating principles is you want the right guy making the right mm-hmm. call. Over two on this play." So not only did the ref call a missed foul, but he's saying it wasn't even that ref's foul. And that's what I have. I remember when that first happened, I'm like, that's not his call. He's over by the baseline. That play happened at half court. Right, right. That's like your, that's like your line judge in football calling pass interference 30 yards downfield. Yes. You just, you, you're looking for something specific in your area. That means you, you can call something else, but if the back judge is back there, the line judge isn't going to throw the pass interference call from there when that guy's standing right Thank there. Thank you. Exactly right. N- now, okay, we've got that off our chest. Hey, let now we need to get to the point where let's not put it in their hands. I mean, we all saw that they had, f- I mean, they had five or six shots and they they went to the boards and they got themselves those ex- those second yeah. chance rebounds and it just it didn't go in. I get it. I mean, and I was so happy that they just kept fighting. And then you know, 
for the past, what, 15, 20 years, we've talked about the Achilles heel sometimes of these basketball teams being the free throw shooting. Now, uh, per average this year, they're obviously shooting free throws a lot better. Now, you and I, we always remember the misses when it's a three-point game. And we looked at, you know, in those final three minutes, uh, you know, we missed the front end of a couple one-on-ones. Sam missed a, another free throw. You can go back. And, and, you know, when you lose by three, there's a ton of what-ifs. And you look back, and those are the three free throws that stick out in your mind, even though as a, as a team they're shooting better this year. Yeah. Um, I, I look at the I mean I look at the layups though. Yeah. Uh, how many how many layups did we miss? We missed a few wide open threes. I mean if we hit our because our three point shooting wasn't great and if we hit maybe two or three of those we maybe win that game. And by the way, Sam, you talk about Sam missing those free throws. Uh, you could tell something was still wrong. Well, with him. yeah, this was, a, yeah this is a guy just coming back from he was gassed. whatever's going around. And he, he, here's a guy we've been asking him to play thirty thirty six to thirty eight minutes every game. You know, he, he gets that small rest during a game, and, I mean, he may feel fine, but his body, you know, he probably lost a, a lot of fluid, you know, when he went through that illness and stuff like that, but that guy's a warrior. Yes. That guy really is, and let's also, let don't, you know, don't discount the impact of Derek Walker, too. Look look who Derek has had to go against two straight games. You know, the... Uh, it, trade Jackson Davis. The, the Well, um, okay, I'm sorry, with the Creighton, um, the Creighton game... Uh, I, can't think of his name. I can't either. Uh, uh, call call, call Cockbrenner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then comes in the seven foot four eighty, and I mean he has not backed down, and he he goes right at he these guys. Still did, and he, he, he did okay, right? Yes. I mean, and he holds his own, and I mean seven. I mean that's right there. That's an eight. You think about that. That's an eight inch advantage over our post player. Isn't that guy just a giant? Yeah, he is. It's been like seeing him in but person. But it always seems like Matt Painter always has some seven always. foot four dude post player. And I gotta applaud him for it. Where 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 is he finding these? I wanna I wanna find that tree and grab one for us one of these. Listen, times. if you and I were a head coach, wouldn't you and I don't know his priorities in recruiting, but I'm gonna guess uh, at the top of that list is to find a tall mother effer. And you find a seven foot four dude that, to just protect the rim, and then I'm going to find some guards to put around him, and we're going to go. That's how it should happen. Right. I mean, that's how I do it. Right? <laughs> Think about how complete a team would be if you have a guy like that. Right? I mean, it's just it's so easy. And I mean, we limited. He only had what, like six points or no, uh, seven or it wasn't double digits, right? Now he's not seven four, but uh, we did have a recruit on hand um, for the game. Maybe we can talk to Evan about this too. I, I can't remember the gentleman's name. Uh, prep school in Colorado, uh, six foot ten. Wow. Um, but if you watch the highlights of this kid, very fluid because he's played soccer his whole life. He's he's from Africa, so he's got good footwork, hands work. I think that six foot ten guy is more what Fred likes the 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 fluid, you know, n- not necessarily seven the size of Sean Bradley or Minute Bowl, but six ten guy that can you know handle the ball, play both ninety all ninety four feet. That's nice. Those are the type of post players that that Fred likes, and and to have three or four of them and just keep interchanging them. But that's a, that's like the newer post player these days, right? Right, like yes. Gian, the Giannis type. And- but but think about yeah, think about that in the NBA though. To be honest with you, will how many dominant dominant centers do we have? I mean, but when I, when I was growing up, you know, you had Shaq, you had Elijah, one, you had Ewing, um, guys like that, and that just that prototypical. Just going to stay down in the block and dominate down there is gone. I mean, take take Joel Embiid for example. You know, seven one seven two, size wise, probably as close as you get. But but even he's out there shooting threes. Yeah, you don't see the guy that's just down there. You know, get, throwing up 
30 dunks and grabbing 17 rebounds and not moving from the block anymore. It's it's a position that doesn't really exist, to be honest You're with you. You're right. I mean, the only player that comes to my mind is uh, is Rudy Gobert. Up right. In and, like that's, and look how much he's bounced around, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to talk more about Edie, and I want to talk about Breidenbach as well. I heard a few minutes, but let's go to Gary Jerry, who's waiting on the phone. Gary, good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. What's up with you? Hey, oh, not much. You know, uh, I like you the the point you made about uh, Walker underneath. He's not afraid of anybody under there. No, he's not. And and that's awesome. You, you like to see that kind of play under there. The the announcer described it as uh, Walker having that old man shot. You don't jump. You just kind of walk in and throw it up underneath him and and. Uh, let it go in. It was it was kind of funny actually, but it was true. <laughs> right. they, uh, just by the way, uh, of course the NBA had a loss uh, over the weekend. Paul Silas. Now you guys, oh. I don't know. Do you remember him? Do you? Who I know who Paul Silas is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, former former Creighton. Yeah. Good coach Creighton player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, they lost him at uh, kind of an early age for this time. Uh, uh, time he was only 79 so but uh, uh, that's kind of bad that was too bad to see that but anyway back to uh, the Huskers it really made a difference having uh, uh, Greasel back in there yeah uh, the, the point who else in the Big Ten has a 6-7 guard that can handle and back guys down underneath uh, yeah I mean I, I have well, I'm and, sure there's a few. I mean, and I can't, you know, to be honest with you, the last, like, just physically built uh, point guard that we've had, uh, I would probably have to go clear back to like Lance Jeter. Lance Jeter, yes, or, or Evan Taylor, maybe. Yeah, you know, and Evan, you know, I, yeah, I mean, just from a size wise, but I don't yeah. know how much he used that to, to back guys down. And I don't, Evan didn't play point the whole time, but yeah, it's so. It's definitely a tool they can use, but and just as teams start to catch on to it, though, uh, Sam is able, you know, usually to facilitate that offense and find the open guy too, which is great. I, I, I just, I think they're just now starting to get their niche and 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 get working. I'm excited. I know that zero and two in the conference doesn't sound great, but but look at your two games. You went into Bloomington against a ranked team without your floor general, uh, made it respectable, and and then you get then you get the hose job at home against the number four team. So. Uh, you know we've we've got uh, got some games coming up. I think we got Kansas State down at. Uh, they stay still play at Bramblage. No, it's in uh, Kansas City at the Sprint. Center. Is it? Go out yeah. win that game, and then I think we get Queens, New York over Christmas break. Uh, no, but it's not New York. But what is it? Hooks corrected me on this. It's Queens in North Queen. Carolina. Like, These Queens brought- we got will not excite you. It's like one night in Bangkok here. <laughs> Uh, no, that'll be during Christmas break, so I'll have to take Xavier down to that game, of course. Yeah, of course well, you will. To, to your point about the officiating, yeah, it was horrible, but you know what? That didn't lose the game for us. It didn't. It didn't, but it didn't help we, either. We left a lot of points out on the floor. Yeah, you're, you're so right. So when we end up shooting about 29%. Yeah, I, I, I don't have it in front of me, it, man. It was real good, and, you know, We've got to shoot better than that. We've got to shoot 40% from the floor, Definitely. at least. Definitely. And and so, uh, you know, although the officiating was, was horrible, and if I called balls and strikes like those guys officiated that game, I would have never been where I was. I'd have run you out of that. I'd have run you out of that stadium. Absolutely. In a, in a heartbeat. Because I would have probably been trying. I would have been the one throwing them. <laughs> 
Gary, thanks for the yeah. call, man. Thanks, right. Gary. Hey, you guys take care. You All too, right, bud. See you, brother. There's a few more things I wanted to bring up before we have to take a break and go okay. to heaven. Number one, Wilhelm Breidenbach. You know, I remember when he got here and, you know, four-star, mm-hmm. right? Four-star, uh, good good high school where he came from out west. And, you know, I was really excited for this guy. Of course, he got hurt last year, and now he's healthy. Uh, I don't know if that injury set him back or if this is, if this is what he is. And I just... I, I haven't lost hope on the guy. No, I, th- I think he's still I think he's still playing a little bit tentative because of that injury. Watching him before that injury, dude has a high motor. I think he needs to find a niche on how to use that high motor because he's you know he's susceptible to getting some easy fouls. The big they, they will piece. need him down the stretch with that size and, and still I think his ability to shoot, especially from beyond the arc. So uh, don't give up on the youngster. Okay. My, I know my. Uh, my my daughter calls him the, her favorite caveman on the team. Love it. And the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, this defense. I mean, that's the reason we won at Creighton. That's oh, yes. It's the reason we almost won on Saturday. I, we talk about this team's identity. That's it. Well, it's And you watch it because you watch the ball switch, and then you know watching Creighton, Creighton zip that ball across the court and our abilities to, to fall in on your defensive assignments and how quickly they're doing it not to allow that open shot, that is the difference between this year and last year by far. Well, let's, let's remember what happened in the offseason. We brought in Adam Howard, who's oh, yeah. a defensive specialist. Do you think that's why we're seeing this change? It's a different philosophy than what, what Coach Sadler um, ran it, by far it's defense because, um, you know, no, obviously no knock on Doc, but we would tend to get a couple guys out to try and run to precipitate, and you saw that because we there would be guys open for those shots, and then obviously rebounding was was horrid too. Now you see five guys like down there on and crashing the boards. It's just a ph- different philosophy, and for the talent that they've got on this this team this year, seems to be working a little bit better. The crowd was great. It was an awesome sight. We it was. almost got them done. This this team is it's fighting. They're fighting. That's what Hoiberg said, and I uh, I, I think they're they're getting more people behind them for sure as the season goes on. Like you said, we got Kansas State on Saturday. Uh, by the way, during the morning hookup happy hour, we'll be watching that game. So if you want to come watch with us, that'd be that'd be awesome at Tavern on the Square yes. on Saturday, six o'clock. So do good job. That was fun. Um, just unfortunate things happened on Saturday to to lose us that game. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald. There's a lot to talk to him about. we got Husker football news, recruiting news. We'll see what he thought about that game on Saturday. We'll talk with Evan when we come back. 